It's a privilege and honor to stand here. I mean, it's the presence of God is here, and uh, the the words that have come up come out from this pulpit has brought testimonies to all of us. Hallelujah! Okay, how many of you can testify that what you've learned from this pulpit, what the word that God has brought forth? Hallelujah! It is it is turned our life right side up. Hallelujah! So. With, I mean, when you stand here, you stand with great trembling. So God has been good. Hallelujah. Like we said, we are, we are in the last day of January. This year is moving faster than you could even comprehend. You could not even get a grip on it. Hallelujah. It's just, just like it was last week that we were having the year-end service. We were waiting on the Lord. We were getting the word of the Lord for, our, for this year. And how many of you have been going through it? Hallelujah. We've got it in Canada as well right now. So if you want it, it's available. So uh, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. God has taken away all the excuses that we can think about. We don't have any excuse that we can present before God saying, uh, it was not there. It's not my fault. No. Hallelujah. Let's open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. I think this should settle it. Thank you Jesus. God is good. It says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Look at that. Can we hear this in Kannada please? Hallelujah. You see the word slip there. That word slip is used to uh, represent something that is slowly moving away from target. It's like a ship that if you've not anchored it and if you just let, leave it like that, you come the next day, you will find that the ship was not in the same position. That's why ships require an anchor, a weight that holds it in place. If it's not there, it will slowly slip. Slowly slip away because of the waves. The waves, they are not in one plane. They keep moving up and down, up and down. So, the meaning of this word is, it is something that will slowly, without you realizing it, will take you away by uncertain factors. That's the meaning of that word slip. And it says you must give the more earnest heed. Earnest means more exceeding, greater. And the word heed, in Greek that's a, that's a nautical term that's used by the shipping industry. That means they have to keep it on focus. Keep adjusting it, keep adjusting it so that they'll, they'll stay on track. So it says if you don't Keep track. If you don't hold your position correctly, you will slip away even without you realizing it. That's why it said, give more earnest heed to the things which you heard. How many of you heard a lot of stuff in the beginning of this year? We heard a lot of stuff from God. I mean, we've got at least, when we wrote the whole thing down, there were like 20 pages, 16 to 20 pages, and we brought it down to about what? Two pages. Only the points written down. So God gave us a lot of information to prepare us for this year. I mean, 2020 has been good. 
in spite of all the nonsense we heard through all the media it has been good we are alive we are here in church i mean isn't that wonderful to be alive and to be in church i love that to be in the presence of god to be able to gather together and fulfill the plan of god said forsake not the assembling of the brethren we are fulfilling the will of god so you can rest assured that if you are in church you're in the will of god hallelujah so we are not supposed to abandon gathering together and we've been doing that we've not missed one sunday by the grace and mercy of god the word has been going out every single sunday and wednesday the word has come out hallelujah we started small but now look at it god has been faithful so this is a big responsibility said we should not let it slip we should not let it slip and then he continues in in verse 3 we've been focusing on that said how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation neglect means give low value to overlook to consider it unimportant see if you don't keep your focus on what you heard you will neglect you will consider it of low esteem you will think ah it's okay it's all right we heard it so okay we fulfilled our commitment in hearing it so that is over new years is over we've got other things to do that's the attitude that will develop if you don't keep hearing why because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god we can't just uh keep the, those sheets aside no we need to keep our eyes on it i mean god spoke to us i mean imagine of all the people god took time to speak to us give us instructions to prepare us for what's coming up this year you may not know exactly what is going to happen on what date no one thing is for sure jesus is coming soon but he took time to prepare us for what is coming ahead so we must give all the more exceeding heed to what was what was spoken the word that we received let's hear this in kannada please brother namage dayapalisalpatta ee vishesha rakshaneyannu naavu alaksha maadidare dandaneyantu kandita idu prabhuvininda modalu helilpattitu aatanninda kelidavaru ee rakshaneyannu kuritagi namage thirapadisidaru hallelujah so great salvation salvation means to be delivered pastor chitra just told us what it is to be delivered preserved protected provided for taken care nothing missing nothing broken that's the meaning of the word salvation and he didn't just simply say salvation he said so great salvation that means it's so great beyond your actual comprehension it's the same word that they used in second uh, corinthians chapter 1 verse 10 let's read that Second Corinthians chapter one, verse ten says, "Who delivered us from so great a death, and thus deliver, in whom we trust that He will yet deliver us." See the word "so great" written there. It's the same word. It said He delivered us from so great a death. Paul is writing about his bad experiences that he had in. Asia when he went to preach there 
He said that the persecution and tribulation there was so much that they felt like giving up. That they were entertaining thoughts of just killing themselves. They couldn't take it anymore. Said he delivered us from so great a death and he is delivering us and he will yet deliver us. Hallelujah. That means it's not over yet. It's not over yet. He delivered us from so great a death that could have come in 2020. He is still delivering us and he will yet deliver us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So great. So great. I mean, you need to actually sit down and think about it. I mean, what Jesus had to suffer. He was the, he's the word that became flesh. So close to the Father, one with the Father. He was the breath of the Father. Hallelujah. The word of God, how does it come? Out of the mouth of God. The breath of the Father. As close as your breath is to you, that's how close Jesus was with the Father. One with Him. And He came down, took our form, and experienced death for us. Separation. All kinds of death. Spiritual death, physical death, and eternal death. He experienced it. And He defeated it. Woo! Hallelujah. He said, and delivered us from so great death and gave us so great a salvation. Hallelujah. So we can't neglect it. We can't consider those things which we heard of low value. We need to keep our focus there. Look at it again and again, every day. I mean, you may not be able to go through the whole thing in one day, but take them one point at a time. There's enough for you to meditate the whole year. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's enough in there. Take it. Look at it. Declare it over yourselves. Hallelujah. Because we live in a certain period that the Bible calls the last days. The last days. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verse 1. It says, This also... This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Paul is writing this to Timothy. I mean, he, these are a few, some of his last words before he left the earth. That's why in chapter 4, this is chapter 3. In chapter 4, verse I think it's 4 and 6, he's saying, I have run my race. I have finished my course. I am ready to be delivered. See, I'm ready to be offered. Sorry, not delivered. To be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. Say, I'm ready. But before I go, I want to tell you these things. I want to prepare you. The last days, perilous times shall come. So normally, they had all these kinds of fear built in them. That's why he began this chapter in chapter 1 verse 7 by saying, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, Love and a sound mind. It does not say He is going to give us. It says He has already given us. A spirit of power, love and a sound mind. That means you can maintain a sound mind no matter what is happening all around you. Hallelujah. He has been preparing us for that. So He said, in the last days, perilous times shall come. The word last days, that means at the end 
of the time, of the season, towards the very last end. And when was this written? 2000 years ago. The last days. When did the last days begin? If you look in uh, the book of Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost when the, when the Holy Spirit came down, the, for, the baptism in the Holy Spirit happened. People, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke in other tongues. And then as you come down, Peter says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, can we put that scripture? I think it's um, verse, let me see that. Uh, 7. Let me get that, I'm sorry. Sorry, 17, yes. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. He was quoting the book of Joel. Joel 2.28 says, And afterwards I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So the last days began on the day of Pentecost when Jesus sat down at the right hand of God the Father and He sent the Holy Spirit. That's when the last days began. And we today, 2,000 years, over 2,000 years later, where are we now? At the end, towards the last part of the last days. That's why we say Jesus can come today. I mean, are you ready for it? He can come anytime. Woo! I mean, literally every single prophecy has been fulfilled. I mean, it's happening right before your eyes. 99.9999% of everything has been fulfilled. Just a little bit. And it's happening so fast, even before... I mean, before you could blink an eye, things are happening. You go to bed, you wake up, things have happened. Prophecies have been fulfilled. You're like, whoa, man, what is this? Hallelujah. We are in the last of the last days. And he said, perilous times shall come. The word perilous means disturbing, unreliable, uncontrollable, wild. That's that's the description of the word perilous. And it's the same word used in Matthew 8.28 when talking about the demon-possessed men. The two demon-possessed men. Can we see that? Matthew 8.28. says, and when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gergesens, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. See, it's describing the two demon-possessed men. said they were exceeding fierce. That's the same word, perilous. How do you describe a demon-possessed man? That's, what, that's the kind of Uh, atmosphere that we are living in right now. All around us. Said perilous times shall come. Shall come means you'll be surrounded. You'll be surrounded by situations that are so fierce, unreliable, uncontrollable, unpredictable, wild, dangerous. That's the kind of situation the last days are. And he didn't stop there. He went on to give some descriptions there from verse 2. 
But can we read that in, in Kannada please? 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. Hallelujah. Can what was the word for last days? Wow. Careful. Last days. Let's read verse 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Let's continue. Without natural affections, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Let's continue. For of this sort are they which creep into houses, and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Jans and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no farther, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was." Can we re- just read this, brother? Two to nine. Just once. That's a lot. Akaladali, Janaru, Swarti Galagirtare, Hanadase Ulavar Agirtare, Badai Kochukulavar Agirtare, Gurvishta Agirtare, Chadi Kuruvar Agirtare, Tande Taigalege, Avide Ragirtare, Rutanate Illadavar Agirtare, Apavitre Raga Agirtare, Iteranu, Preetis of the Preetisidavar Agirtare, Shamisidavar Agirtare, Dushisuvar Agirtare, ತಮಗೆ ಆದರೆ ಪ್ರಯತ್ನಿಸಿದವರು our Karegalli, our Ige, Yeshesu Agiratilla, our Murkar Embadano, General Larigo Kanuta Deeno, Embre Rige, Hige Aitu. Hallelujah. I mean, that's quite a lot. There's even more in verse 13 as well. Can we put verse 13? But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. I mean, in just a short I mean, maybe just two sentences, 
he gave about 25 descriptions about the, the, the society that we live in in the last days. 25 descriptions. We'll look at a few of them, if possible. <laughs> we'll see. It starts with, men shall be, what is, what is it? What is the first one? Lovers of their own selves. Lovers of their own selves. That means, they love themselves more than anything else. It's, anytime you look at them, they're only concerned about themselves. How do I look? How do I look? What's in it for me? How can I benefit out of this? That's all they think. And because of that, the next one comes. That is covetous. That means lovers of money. Why? Because they want those things for themselves. And to get those things, they need money. So, how do I get the money, honey? It's about the money. Want the money. They love money and those possessions. Let's continue. It says, boasters. Man. Let me just give a disclaimer here. If what you read here, if it reminds you of anybody... It's not my problem. <laughs> I didn't write this. Paul wrote this. So, you just follow the rest of his teaching in 1 Corinthians 13. Keep no account. <laughs> Alright? So, let's continue. <laughs> says, boasters. That means, they just exaggerate stuff. So much, that for their benefit, they will exaggerate anything. They'll boast about things. They'll, they'll, they'll boast about what they did so much that it will come to that unbelievable level. It said, boasters, you know who I am? You know what I did? What we did? Which family we come from? Oh, blah, blah. And then the next one, proud. I mean, they've boasted so much that now they consider themselves greater than everybody else. I'm at a different level, man. You can't compare with me. You know who I am. Me. Proud. And then blasphemers. I mean, they consider themselves so high, they speak against God, and also, they start talking trash about other people. They try to put other people down. That's blasphemy. Then, disobedient to parents. That is generally disobedient. They, they, they cannot be controlled. That's what it means. Uncontrollable. They do not submit to any kind of authority. Like, why should I listen to you? It's my life. I'll do what I like. Who are you to tell me anything? Unthankful. Like, you know why they become unthankful? Because they think they deserve it. They think they deserve it. Man, I'm so great, so I deserve it. Why should I be thankful to you? You're supposed to do this to me. You're supposed to bring this to me. I deserve it. So no gratefulness. Unthankful. Then unholy. When you reach that level, I mean, you've left all basic moral standards. All kinds of impurities. Lewdness. Vulgarities. The next one. Without natural affection. I mean, this can be taken in different ways. 
natural affections like the affection between a, a man and a woman they have left it gone to different level and then the next part of that is no commitment to family no commitment to family they're not committed to a family huh? why should i get married huh? all right she's her she she she's got her life i've got my life my money is mine <laughs> are you getting this that's without natural affection then truce breakers basically talking about divorce no commitment so what happened they break their covenants whatever agreements they make they break it they don't care about it all right this man i i married her i had a motive behind that so once i got it it's over now i look at greener pastures <laughs> you getting that then false accusers and that's an interesting word the greek word used is diabolos that's the same word used to describe the devil false accusers it basically represents people just accusing each other of all kinds of stuff simply lawsuits are being filed everywhere suing people for silliest things by lies just continue to speak lies throw lies throw lies at each other throw lies at everyone around you I mean there's so much that they don't know what is the truth that they live in that realm of lies hallelujah then incontinent that means again they they are uh, so violent violent and fierce that means dangerous they cannot be controlled then despisers of those that are good now this represents a society where the laws are made that support the offenders and not for good people are you getting this they don't like good to happen the laws are specifically made so that it will support those people those are doing wrong does it relate to you right now just look at the north <laughs> that's all i'm going to say about it the laws of a nation are made so it will profit certain people who are not good the word good is not simply talking about external good it's talking about the condition of your heart the good heart it's the word uh, agathos which is the root word is agape from love I mean they don't like anything that is good that is from God the goodness of God hallelujah let's continue traitors that means they will pull your leg any time you can't trust them no matter how close to you they are or how long you've known them could be your closest family member but don't trust them don't trust them heady that means that's the next level of being proud so proud that they are like hey hey you know where hey i mean just go to the roads <laughs> again i come to the roads they'll stop and then they look back at you hey hey see that they're heady like hey hey you getting this they're like so proud that they're like 
high minded that means in their eyes in their thoughts about themselves they are above god they are so high that they consider everybody else like trash and lovers of pleasures more than lovers of god that means they love the things of the earth the pleasures that the world offers more than the love more than god they're like okay god is there but i like this i like this i like my booze yeah yeah god is there see jesus turned water into wine see, that's my favorite scripture some people say yeah they say that's a scripture i can't take my mind off jesus turned water into wine nothing else because they love their booze they love their 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 dope they love they love their smoke they love those things they love adultery they can't take they can't come out of it let's look at the next one having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof oh that is cool that means on the outwards it's like the form means something depicting about the outward look on the outside they look holy clean pure so righteous but it says denying the power thereof that means yeah you don't have to live exactly like what the word says i mean those things happen but it's not for now it's not for us right now yeah but on the outside you show everyone that you're cool you're the you're the man you're the man of god <laughs> hallelujah and then it says from such turn away Amen. turn away you understood that let's continue <laughs> <laughs> for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins led away with diverse lust oh this is this is serious it's talking i mean this is you need to understand one thing this is in no way putting women down Amen. all right this is not putting women down in any way it just says silly women that means women who are who are ignorant who are ignorant i mean in that society women did not get education they were looked down as trash they did not have the latest information hallelujah and then it says because of that what happened they get trapped in certain sins or they are suffering they they are they are going through situations which is burdening them in their mind i mean a good example would would be uh, in today's situations it could be like a woman whose husband is working in another country i mean he's gone he's there staying there for like 2 years he comes once in 2 years there for a few weeks then he he goes back and the next week she finds out she's pregnant and then she has to go through the whole deal herself any woman who was who who had been pregnant knows what it is to be pregnant and to go through those 9 months it's not easy if you have any doubts you can ask sister esther she will confirm it is not easy we men may not understand 
Like I tell, I mean, when they say that we, I feel the baby moving, we can just nod our heads. The only thing we men know moving in our, in our, in our stomach is gas. That's the best thing that we can, we can compare to, man. We feel gas. Hallelujah. So, just imagine, they're going through situations. They don't have uh, support. They, I mean, they are in, they are mentally weak. And in such a state, they come up with all kinds of religious teachings. Puts condemnation on them. Like, oh, it's all because of uh, the way you treat your husband. It's all because of you. And, and what happens? Condemnation sets in. And it says, they are easily held, led captive. You know what happens then. Let's continue. Ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That means, they confuse them so much, that they, all, they want to know the truth, but then they don't know the truth. See, women, generally, they are very spiritual. They are more spiritual than men. So they always look for things of God. But then because of the condemnation and all those things that set in, it is blinding them from knowing the truth. So what happens? They get trapped in all kinds of religious activities. They get trapped in these kind of things. So what happens? They, they'll listen to one teaching today. They will follow it. Then slowly they'll follow somebody else. Then they will start speaking like those people. Then condemnation comes in again. Then they'll follow somebody else. No stability. No stability. Let's continue. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Now these are two characters who are in the Old Testament. I mean, you will not see their name in the Old Testament. Scholars say that they are probably the chief magicians who withstood Moses. When uh, they threw Aaron's stick on the floor and it turned into a stick, Scripture says Pharaoh's magicians also threw their stick and that turned into snakes. So probably these two could be the, those people. I mean, they, they, these are the, the suggestions of Bible scholars. Said so these two characters, because you don't have any other reference about them in the Old Testament. Said so they, what did they do? They resisted the truth. The word of God. They are men of corrupt mind. Corrupt means deteriorated. So much that they can't think straight. And they are reprobate concerning the faith. The faith means the doctrine. The true teaching of the word. Reprobate means, how do I put it? Mandabuddhi. What's the word for that in English? Dumb. Dull, yeah, dull, dumb. Concerning what? The faith. They have information about everything else, but concerning the faith, the faith of salvation, the right way, the truth, they are stupid. You're getting this? Let's continue. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. Now this is hope. Says they can try all these things, but those lies will come out one day or the other. Hallelujah. It will come out one day or the other. This is a situation 
of the last days. Now, like Pastor said, how do you know all these things? Well, we use tools. We use tools, apps, from where we get these Greek meanings, and we follow them. And uh, I'd like to read this from a special version, two, verses 2 to 9, from, it's called Renner's Interpretive Version. It is quite long, but it's interesting. It's a man, it's a, he's a Greek scholar, he's a pastor. Can we just put that? Yeah. It says, men will be self-focused, self-centered, self-absorbed, self-consumed, and in love with themselves more than anyone else. As a result of this self-love, they will be driven to obtain more and more and more. These boasters are so committed to their own agenda that they are willing to exaggerate, overstate the facts, stretch the truth, embellish a story, and as a result of this self-love, they will be driven to obtain more... Oh, okay, alright. Okay. Wait, wait. And even lie if it will get them the position, advantage, or goal they desire. Look at that. Like I said, disclaimers. If it reminds you of anybody, forgive them, forget it, keep no account. Let's continue. They are arrogant, haughty, impudent, snooty, and insolent. They disdain, mock, slander, and speak ill of anyone that stands in the way of their ideology and freely use foul language. In this climate, parents will no longer be able to persuade, control, lead, or exercise authority over their own children. And although people were once thankful and appreciative, people will generally become void of gratitude and will be unappreciative of everything. Impurity will seep into society and cause it to become impure, ill-mannered, unclean, indecent, coarse, vulgar, offensive, crude, lewd, and rude. <laughs> Love for and commitment to family will disintegrate. Divorce will become epidem an epidemic with irreconcilable differences, being a major factor in tearing families apart. Every imaginable type of covenant will be regularly violated. And the court system will be overwhelmed as people go overboard, suing and being sued. People will lose the ability to control themselves in any area of life. People will become savage and it will eventually feel like they are nearly, there are nearly no laws to protect the innocent. Verse 4. See, we just reached verse 4. People will find it easy to walk away from commitments and to easily throw away relationships. They will become reckless, impulsive and known for their enjoyment of violence. It may end up feeling like society is being overwhelmed with destructive winds, but those menacing winds of change will eventually blow out like a storm that comes and goes. People will, bec will become fixated on unobtainable pursuit of happiness and pleasure even more than they love God. Though they may possess an outward form of religiosity, they will rebuff, refute, refuse and reject the authentic power that goes along with genuine godliness. You must mentally, spiritually and physically turn away from such people. That's the meaning of the word turn away. Mentally, physically, spiritually. 
Wow. Then the next verse, these type project themselves as help with intention to gaining access into people's homes to manipulate them. Especially women who feel overwhelmed by frustrations and disappointing failures in life and who are easy to lead us astray and sway because they have so many unmet longings. They are en- endlessly doing their very best to gain insight needed to help them navigate life, but they are perpetually unable to come to right conclusions based on truth. Now as Jans and Jambres fiercely opposed and defied Moses, these also will be fiercely opposed and will defy the truths of scripture. They will be men with minds that have been ruined, defective, malfunctioning and reprobate concerning the teachings of scripture. Look at that. Their minds, let's go back, says defective, malfunctioning and reprobate. That's a lot. Let's read verse 9. But the advance of spiritual disease they attempt to spread will be halted. And their irrational way of thinking, lunacy, madness and spiritual nonsense will be unmistakably clear to all men as theirs also was. I mean, I understood that's a long, that's a, that's a lot, but I believe you got the idea. I mean, this is where we are living right now. We are the people living in this age. If you look around, you see that around you. And, it's, and I believe in the last one year, it has gone to a different level altogether. Altogether. Look around you. It's there. Violence. I mean, the violence on TV and, and cinema, it has gone to a different level altogether. I mean, I'm a guy who likes action movies. But then there are certain things which, I mean, you just can't watch. That level of violence. And people love it. And kids these days are exposed to so much violence. Every video game is violent. Yes or no? That's where we live right now. And it's addictive. People love these things. They love these pleasures more than God. People are looking at each other. Hallelujah. But thank God he didn't stop there. He continued to give instructions to Timothy. Let's go to verse uh, 14 or 15 onwards. Yeah, 14. But continue thou in the things which you have learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. Now that's refreshing. He said, irrespective of what happens around you, you have a responsibility. You need to continue in those things which you learned. Learned and has been assured of. We've been, we've been privileged enough to receive a certain degree of the word, of the meat of God's word, especially in the last year. I mean, the word that has come out of Pastor Man, those things are, are, are really deep. You need to hear those things at least a couple of times to receive the, the whole package. You hear it and hear it and hear it and become so assured that now you start doing it. And you bear fruit. It says, knowing of whom you have learned them. Timothy learned these things from Paul. And Paul is assuring him, hey, you learned this by walking with me. By following me. By listening to me. You became a disciple. Let's continue. 
and that from a child you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now here it gives a beautiful description about scripture. What does the scripture do to you? It makes you wise. Wisdom is the ability to make the right choice. Hallelujah. To make the right choice. How did you choose Jesus? How did you choose Jesus? Somebody came and preached the gospel to you. Yes or no? What did you hear? You heard the scripture. The gospel is scripture. You heard the good news. And what happens? Wisdom came with it. You made the right choice. Hallelujah. The Holy Scriptures will make you wise. It will give you the ability to make the right choice. To choose salvation. We saw what salvation means. Delivered, healed, rich, protected, favor. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Blessed with every blessing in heavenly places. That's salvation. Hallelujah. So, what's the solution? Go back to the scripture. Go back to the word of God. Keep hearing it, hearing it, hearing it. Especially the specific instructions God gave you concerning this year. Hallelujah. I mean, we kept hammering down on those things that we heard at the beginning of 2020. I mean, if you look, go through all the messages that we listened in 2020, I mean, all those things... It was just being expounded and expounded and rubbed in and rubbed in, rubbed in, rubbed in. So much that we are all here today. Hallelujah. And all of us have increased. Yes or no? Not one person can testify that you went down. Hallelujah. No matter what they threw against us, we are still here. Hallelujah. None of us were admitted in the hospital. Our children are safe and sound. They did not go through any trouble. I'm excited. Hallelujah. We made the right choice. Why? By hearing and hearing and hearing, you made the right choice. You did not, you may not have realized it, but some of the choices that you made were because of what you heard. What you heard. You suddenly felt, I need to do this. Why? You were being prepared. You were being prepped and primed for that particular moment where you had to make that choice, that wise choice. Hallelujah. We were prepared by God. Why? Because no matter what comes, you should shine. Remember? You will shine in 2020 and we will shine in 2021. Woo. The Holy Scriptures. That's talking about all the scripture, not specifically old or new. The whole thing. Hallelujah. This is important. Let's continue. Verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Inspiration. That's a good word. Inspiration means breath. It's the word theonuma. That means, pneuma, theo means God and pneuma means spirit. It also means breath. It also means power. It also means perfume. So put all those meanings together. It says, it is God breathed. It came out of God's power. 
it came out of god's spirit it it is god's perfume i mean you enter certain houses you know those houses have a distinctive smell yes or no you come you know man especially naga houses you know that smell ah this there are some nagas here i mean in the neighborhood you will know man there are some nagas living here yes or no when guests come to my house sometimes they ask especially on certain days when certain kind of food is cooked come hmm something is there you know same way there is a perfume about god and the more you linger in those in that atmosphere of the word that perfume comes on you hallelujah that is scripture it says all scripture is god breathed god inspired that means there's a perfume there you know your mouth has a certain perfume <laughs> the more you listen to certain person man sometimes you just have to <laughs> but th- these are the words that came out of god's mouth his aroma is there his perfume it's from his power it's from his spirit and there are benefits of it it says it is profitable that means it is definitely able to increase you make you go to the next level see the word profit does not simply mean about money it is the ability to take you to the next level it can be in any way can profit your health your wealth your relationship whichever way it's profitable for doctrine that means for teaching for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness scripture so what are you supposed to do meditate on the word this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth but you shall meditate there therein day and night and only then you will observe to do according to what is written and then you will make find good success that's joshua 1:8 it is good for correction reproof that word correction means course correction you're going this way ah uh, ah uh, something is wrong that scripture will give you the warning so you correct your way ah uh, i don't think i should go this way this i th- i believe this is the right way this is the right choice it will make you wise hallelujah we are in the age of the church it is also called the age of grace like pastor said this is the best time to be saved this is the best time once this season is over it's over hallelujah the season of grace but how does grace come how do you experience the grace Titus chapter 2 verse 11 says the grace that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. Say it it does not say it is going to appear. It says it has already appeared unto all men. Look at that. The grace that brings salvation. What is salvation? Preservation, protection, deliverance, nothing missing, nothing broken. The grace that brings all these things has already appeared. But the question is is everyone experiencing it? No. It is already appeared. The price is paid. The work on the cross is finished. 
Jesus is risen from the dead. He sat down at the right hand of God the Father. The work is over. It's a season of grace. Grace has been poured out. But how many of us are experiencing that grace? That's the question. That's the question. Go with me to the book of Hebrews. Let's see Hebrews. And I have a lot to speak, but... Oh, sorry. Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. We'll read verse 2. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How? Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace has already been given. But your ability to partake of that grace that brings salvation, that brings deliverance, that makes, that makes sure there's nothing missing, nothing broken in your life comes through knowledge. Comes through knowledge. Through the knowledge of the Holy Scriptures that will make you wise. That will give you the ability to make the right choice. It says, through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then the next verse says, according as his all divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Whatever you need is already given to you. It does not say he will give. It says it's given. All things that pertain to life and godliness, spiritual and natural, physical, it is already given. It is already given. But it comes through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue. You can't do anything without knowledge. That's why the next verse says, let's read that, whereby are given unto us exceeding great precious promises, that by these, only by these, you shall be partakers of the divine nature. Without those exceeding great and precious promises that are able to make you wise, you cannot partake of that nature. You cannot partake of the grace that is already given to you. From God's side, He has poured out grace. Unlimited grace. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The grace has been poured out. But what are you supposed to do? Get knowledge of that grace. Get knowledge of how that grace is imparted. Get knowledge of what that grace has accomplished. And then it will start showing up in your lives. Hallelujah. So we, we are at the last of the last season of time. And so we, are, we have a greater responsibility upon us. We are the generation, compared to all the generation that's come before us, we are the generation that have knowledge, access to knowledge at our fingertips. I mean, literally that's true, it's at our fingertips. You have access to unlimited knowledge. You have access to technology that will give you knowledge and understanding, that will help you understand scripture better than any other generation before. Hallelujah. 
So what are we supposed to do? We are the generation that is supposed to walk at a greater display of the grace that God has given compared to any other generation. Hallelujah. So there's a greater responsibility. We have tools at our disposal, at our fingertips. There are apps and tools available online that you can use, that you can spend time studying the word. In the same book, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, he said, Study to show yourself approved of God. A workman that need not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. So what are you supposed to do? Study. Study what? The word. Study the word. Like Pastor Anup said, the word is a seed. You need to keep sowing the seed constantly. Because if you don't sow the word, something else is being sown. Constantly it's being sown. Even without you trying, it's being sown. Hallelujah. So we need to ensure, the word study means effort put in to study. Not just simply sit there, go through it, done. No. I used to feel jealous Towards my brother, especially when it comes to mathematics. I mean, for him it takes five minutes to go through a whole year's topics in mathematics. And the lowest he scored is 99 in mathematics. And I would spend hours grilling through the guides, doing every single sum, word by word, and then finally still manage to pass through. 33, 34. But he would just take five minutes Go through it. Done. I don't know which one you call study here, but then, (laughs) you know, it says, put some effort in there. Sit down. If you feel sleepy, like pastor said, sleep. Then wake up and tell, hello, sit down. Look at this. Look at this. Study. Why? So you will be approved unto God. Approved unto God means you prove what God said. You have proven what God said. It has come to pass in your life and you you have shown yourself as a testimony. You have the certificate of testimony to show that I got the money. Hallelujah. That's the word approved. Approved unto God, a workman. Why workman? That means you're supposed to do some work. The works of God. That's why we pray the prayers in uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 11. Talk, it, talks, it talks about the work of faith with power. A work of faith with power. Who is supposed to do that? You and me. Hallelujah. We have a greater responsibility upon us. We cannot compare ourselves to anybody else, any other generation. The level of faith that they walked in, you, it might amaze you in the beginning, but know for sure that you are supposed to walk at a greater level. Hallelujah. The revelations that they brought forth from the word of God is supposed to be the platform on which you stand and go to the next level, bring in and manifest the next level of grace and manifest the glory of God to the next level. If you don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. And God has made sure we have all the equipment that we need. Imagine you are born again. 
born recreated exactly like Jesus in your spirit. And you have the same Holy Spirit that came upon Jesus in, inside you, dwelling in you. Hallelujah. You have the Word of God with you and you have tools that no other generation could, could enjoy. I mean, what required a whole library full of books is now a few MBs in your phone. A few MBs in your phone. A whole library can be filled within a few MBs. What excuse do we have? That's why Hebrews 2.1 says, Earnestly heed the things. Otherwise it will slip. Otherwise it will slip. It's a very slippery deal. So you need to keep looking at it. Keep looking at it. Hold on. Hold on. Am I in the right direction? Lord, Holy Spirit, help me. Is it according to the word? What does the word say about it? What can I do about this? Hallelujah. Very important. We cannot neglect these things. When you neglect even a small part of it, you are neglecting so great a salvation. Hallelujah. Because it came, it is part of salvation. You need to enjoy the whole package. You can't just enjoy one small package, one small part of the package. No. We got a package deal. Enjoy the whole thing. He gave it all to you, so you will enjoy it. So if you neglect even a small part of it, you are neglecting so great a salvation. Hallelujah. Well, I, I'm just, oh, sometimes it overwhelms you. Wow, this is, this is big. Well, He chose you to be here on the earth at this time. I mean, that's a privilege. I mean, instead of all the previous generation, we are the ones here during... The great pandemic. And we survived. <laughs> Hallelujah. He chose us. You're smiling. Hallelujah. So we have a greater responsibility. That grace that is given to us, already given to us, should manifest. We should walk in the fullness of that grace through knowledge. There is no other way. Hallelujah. I believe you are getting this. Let's continue. Let's see some things about the word. I don't know how, how long I have. 19 more minutes. Yay. Hallelujah. Let's go, to, go with me to Hebrews chapter 2. Let's read verse 8 and 9. This is just a recap of what pastor said during the waiting on the Lord season says, but if you be without chastisement, sorry, not, oh, verse 9, sorry. Sorry, Hebrews 2, chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. You have put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him, but now we see not, can you go back? Now we see not yet all things put under him. Look at that. You put all things in subjection under his feet. Whose feet? Jesus. All things. All means all. Under his feet. It's in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. That means there is absolutely nothing that is not put under him. 
But it says, but now we see not, yet all things put under him. See, there's a seeing mentioned there. And then the next verse, we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. See, there are two seeings mentioned there. How many of you remember what pastor said? There are two different seeings. One is seeing in the natural, the other one is in the, is the spiritual. Hallelujah. You, you still haven't seen all things put under the feet of Jesus naturally. Your circumstances. Why? Because it takes time. It takes effort. You need to speak the word. But in the spirit realm, everything is already put. It says, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels. This is a different scene. This is not the natural scene. Hallelujah. You need to understand that. Your ability to see your circumstances under the feet of Jesus. If it's under Jesus' feet, it's under your feet. Why? Because we are the body of Christ. Hallelujah. But it comes by the second scene. You need to see Jesus. See what he has done through the word. Through the scriptures. The more you do that seeing, the natural seeing will come. Hallelujah. If you don't do this, it will not come. Hallelujah. Let's continue. Hebrews chapter 1. Verse 2. Hebrews 1 verse 2. Has in these last days... See the same words? In last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Last days. Last days. See it says he made the worlds through him. He is the creator. But by the work on the cross, by his coming down as a man, Death, burial and resurrection and sitting down at the right hand of God the Father, he became the heir of all things. He was the creator, but he became the heir for whom? For us. He became the heir of all things. Everything was put under his feet. He is the heir of it. Heir means he inherited those things. He inherited those things. Why? Romans 8.17 Romans 8.17, it says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. That is us. He made us joint heirs with Jesus. With Christ. I'm so sorry, I forgot about Canada here. Brother, can we read this here? Hallelujah. <laughs> He was the creator, but he became the heir, so we can be joint heirs. We can inherit all things. Like Pastor said, this is a family. And what is a family without inheritance? Hallelujah. A father always leaves an inheritance for his children. And we have become the children of God. 
And we have inherited everything that Jesus inherited. Co-heirs. Heirs together. That means if it, is, it belongs to Jesus, it belongs to us. It's not that Jesus gets 50%, we get 50%. No. No. The ownership title, we are included there. Full ownership. Full inheritance. Whatever Jesus has inherited, we have inherited. But then you can walk ignorant of that. You can neglect this inheritance by ignorance. That's why we need to look into the word. We need to see what is written. You can only possess your inheritance if you know the will. Yes or no? Without knowing what is written in the will, you cannot take possession of it. It can be written in your name, but as long as you don't know, you will walk, I mean, just like a beggar. That book that you're holding is the will of God. It declares your inheritance. It declares what you possess in Christ. It's the will of God. Will of God. Where he has put everything for Jesus. He said, my, all my inheritances, all that I possess is given to Jesus and you. You. Because you are in Christ. If it belongs to Jesus, it belongs to you. He has already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Ooh, I'm excited about this. Like Pastor said, the word of God is absolute. The absoluteness of God's word means it can't be changed. John 10 says, Scripture cannot be broken. It cannot be broken. That means not, as it can, not a small part of it can be chipped away. It is so solid. It endures forever. He has exalted His word above all His name. Hallelujah. Ooh, I'm excited about this. It's for us. It's for us. Let's see some more. Go with me to Psalms 89 verse 34. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. He will not break it. He will not break it. Every word that has gone out of the mouth of God, Isaiah 55, 11 says, It shall not return to him void, empty, but it shall accomplish that which it was sent forth, and prosper in the things where it was sent unto. Hallelujah. So he's not going to break it. According to him, it is done. The moment it came out of his mouth, it is done. But for it to manifest in your life, it needs to come out of your mouth. You need to sow it in your heart. Water it and speak it. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 13. Let's look at some absolutes here. Before we close, we have 10 minutes. Verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Isn't that an absolute thing? Can you change anything from this? 
He is not going to change one bit. He says, I am absolutely the same. Yesterday, today and forever. The word that became flesh and dwelt among men. The same yesterday, today and forever. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. Hallelujah. Let's continue. John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. I am the only way, the truth and the life. Absolute. You can't change. You can't add anything to it. You can't take anything out of it. That's absolute. So what do you do? Just obey. Like his mom said, Mary said, whatever he said, just do it. Just do it. What he said, just do it. If you don't do it, there is no stability. Like we saw, it will slip away. It will slip away. It's like the waves. You won't realize it, but you're slipping away. But when you stay with the word, when you stick with the word, you will see the fruit. Let's see some more. Matthew 6, 25. Some more absolutes and we'll close. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on, is not life more than meat and the body than raiment? He said, take no thought. And Paul repeated it in Philippians 4. He said, don't be anxious about anything. It's an absolute about anything. Take no thought. Brother, can you read this in Kannada? Adarinda nimma prana dhananege bekada ahara kagali deha ke bekada batte kagali nivu chintisabarado prana wo ahara kintalo deha wo batte kintalo bahala mukhya vada dendo nanu nimage heeltene. Hallelujah. Let's uh, see verse 4 as well. Another absolute. Philippians 4.4 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Is there any exception here? Always. It's an absolute. In whatever situation you go through, absolutely rejoice. There is no question about it. Always and again rejoice. And how can you rejoice? You say, you say brother, I, what do you mean by rejoice? We'll see some more. Psalms 19 verse, verse 8. The statues of the Lord are right. And what does it do? Rejoicing the heart. So where do you get the inspiration to rejoice? The word. You look at the word, you go, ha 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 ha, ha ha ha. This is the word. It says, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. See, have you looked at the, into the eyes of someone who is happy? You see a certain glaze there. A certain light there. 
you will never find someone. <laughs> no. This is, this is kind of light in their eyes. They are happy about something. They found something. They found something and they are happy about it. That thing that they found touched the right spot. Yes or no? Let's continue. Let's read the next verse. The fear of the Lord is clean forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. The next one. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. The next verse, 11. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. You look at the word, you find out, ah, this is what I need. Ha, ha, ha. This is the word. Ha, 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 ha. You rejoice, you rejoice. And then, at the right time, it gives you the warning. The word that you sowed in will come up at the right time. When you go through those situations, the first warning comes from inside here. Thoughts may come up here, but the warning comes up. It just rises up. Ah, I should not be doing this. I should not be going into this place. When certain things, when people say certain things, I should not be listening to this. It may sound interesting. The gossips, ah, ah, tell me some more. Your flesh may want to hear, but then the warning just pops up. Ah, you don't have to listen to that. That's junk. Stay away from it. It warns you. And in keeping them is great reward. Hallelujah. Psalms 89. We'll close with this. Psalms 89 verse 15. It says, Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. <laughs> ah, that's a certain specific sound. What kind of sound is it? The joyful sound. From where does it come? From the word. From the word. It's the word that you put in that brings in the rejoicing. Hallelujah. And you recognize that sound. Look at that. You know the sound. The word no means you are intimate with that sound. <laughs> so, don't look down upon people when they go, <laughs> praise and worship time. You go, <laughs> don't look down. They know the sound. They know the sound. Hallelujah. Those who know that sound, they enjoy the blessing. They are, what are they doing? Where did they get that from? From the word. And because they know the word, what is happening? The grace is flowing. Grace is flowing. It is working in their lives. So they look at it. Ah, ha, ha, I have experience now. Last time you tried it. Ha, 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 ha. It didn't work. It's not going to work the next time. You push it to the next level. The rejoicing goes to the next level. The, the amplification of that sound increases. <laughs> Hallelujah. You look at it. <laughs> Hallelujah. The joyful sound. They shall walk. Blessed are the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk. Not anybody else. O oh Lord, in the light of your countenance. We saw in the previous verse, what brings light to your countenance? The word of God. The word of God. Hallelujah. So, 
This year, like Pastor said, it's a year to shine. But that comes from looking up. And when you look up, what do you see? He that sits in the heavens, laugh. So what are you supposed to do? <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Look into the word. Look into the mirror of God's word and laugh. Get the word for your situation. Put it inside. Sow it inside and laugh. Know that sound. Ha 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 ha. This is the word. You know the sound. You know the sound. You kn- Why? Because there is something here. When you take time to take scripture, rejoice about it, it stays there. See, the rejoicing part is more like watering. So when the problem comes in, that laughter comes up. It comes out. What you laughed about will come up first. More than the thoughts. It will dominate the other thoughts. The word that you sowed in, you watered by rejoicing, that will dominate every other thought. Hallelujah. Try it. Try taking some scripture. If it is finances, take those scripture. My God shall supply all my needs. <laughs> all means all. <laughs> my God is my father in heaven. <laughs> he supplies all my needs. All my needs. <laughs> According to the riches in glory. <laughs> in heaven. Woo-hoo! I'm seated at the right hand of God the Father. <laughs> That's who I am. He became poor. By his poverty I am rich. <laughs> Woo! So when the bank statement looks at you with (laughs) more zeros in the beginning, then what do you do? When thoughts try to come, ha 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 ha. Hallelujah. Are you getting this? When the doctor's report tries to come and put things at you, you just look at it, ha 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 ha, by his stripes, I was healed. Hallelujah. It's under the curse. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Ha 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 ha. Hallelujah. That's what it's talking about. I have 25 seconds more. But I believe you got this. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor. Praise God. Hallelujah. How many of you had a good time? Amen. You sat down quietly for one hour. Major. Praise God. Thank you, brother. We had a great time. Like I said... If anyone wants to give a house or a car, these are the people you should give to. Amen? Hallelujah. I know you can give them 1,000 rupees, 5,000, 10,000, but you can also give them a house, give them a car. You know, amen? They're good ground. Don't forget. Hallelujah. Because you are candidates for the blessing. As you plan like that, you are creating a vacuum. You are making capacity to receive. See, God is watching you. As you are planning... He's saying, they are planning, I have to move. Or, he has already moved according to the plan. Amen? So as you open up to flow, guess what? Because you saw, ah, I can give here, I can do this. It's expanding your capacity to receive. Otherwise, you stay in the same place. Amen? Of course, it takes time. Maybe he'll come tomorrow, next week. Maybe you won't have enough time to receive that. But you're coming back again. See, the story is not over. We're coming back to the earth. After going to heaven, the earth will be like, ah, should I come? But it's going to be a different earth. Hallelujah. And you will still have opportunity to reap because with God, it's a continual reaping. Amen. 
That seed is also entering eternity. It doesn't stop here. I'm not playing emotional games. I'm an experienced farmer. That is how I live. Amen? Instead of just beans, I plant whatever I need. Amen? And I receive. Hallelujah? And if God cannot change, then it's going to work. And it has worked. And I believe you're here because it is still working. Amen? Praise God. Anybody want to give a house and a car? Come quickly and give. No. You go and think about it. Hallelujah. And if you can laugh and give it, it's better. Don't cry and give. Amen. Laugh nicely. And if you're able to do it happily, cheerfully, God loves that. But if you're complaining and whining, keep it. Keep it for yourself. Amen. Praise God. Anyway, we had a great time. And, uh, you know, like I said, if Jesus comes tonight, we did our part. We kept the lights on. We kept the word going, we kept the prayer, we kept the praise, we did our part. Hallelujah. Amen. We have no no regret, honestly. We are the last people on the planet. What's there to regret? It's awesome, man. From here, it's all up. Amen. So get excited. Love the Lord, serve Him. Let's um, take communion. Communion is a place where you (coughs) consider Jesus. Think about the fact that he paid for it all and be excited. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you for paying for it all, Lord Jesus. And if you know something is affecting you physically, in your emotions, tell him about it. Thank you. Confess it to the Lord. And once you confess your sin or whatever it is, he will forgive and forget. Don't be ashamed to do that. It's not religion. It's just the next level of life. Once you get used to confessing your sins, you can walk away and you can be under the hand of God. It's a way of getting under the hand and submission of God. Amen? Father, if there's anything in any heart, in any life here that needs adjustment in the name of Jesus, right now, We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. You're a faithful God. We thank you that you paid for our sin, our sickness, our curse, our disease. You paid for everything, for our household, for our family, for everything concerning us. You paid it all. You said if you believe, you and your household shall be saved. We thank you that this cup is the cup of salvation. This is the cup of blessing. Because of your sacrifice, our household is free. Our family is free. Our children are free. Our finances are free. Our bodies are free. Our minds are free. Our marriages are free. Our children's children are blessed. Thank you, Lord. We receive. We receive from your cup, from what you paid for. What shall I render to the Lord? I will lift up the cup of salvation. I will bless your holy name. Thank you, Lord. You paid. We receive your benefits today. Restoration, wholeness, soundness, welfare, well-being. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Completely. We receive. We receive our children. We receive our grandchildren. If you're coming later than we expect, 
we will see the next generation's children. We will leave inheritance for them. But Lord, I know you're coming soon. And we receive your benefits today. Open doors and favor. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we eat and drink? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are the hero. It's you, Lord. It's you. Hallelujah. I was talking to somebody over the past few days. The difference that I know and I can see from the word between the old and the new is that in the new, God is working in you. He's making you live. He's making you provide. He's making you do all these things. The old more is just you struggling on your own. Hallelujah. In the new, he's working. If he's working, then it's going to be all right. He's working in you both to will and do his good pleasure. Amen? So Jesus is working in you right now. His spirit is working in you right now. Hallelujah. We'll enjoy that. Let's just say that in Canada, if you don't mind. The difference between the Old and the New Testaments is that in the New, Jesus is working in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't that interesting? God working in you. Hallelujah. So it's going to be alright. If God is working inside you, wow. Forget about you. Amen. He's working. So the more you look at the one working in you, the more the results are changing. It's not you, it is Him working in you. Amen? Thank God He's working in you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I thank you for that right ear. Looks like someone has suffered from a right ear problem. Maybe you cannot hear in your right ear. Something is wrong with your right ear. It's an infection, some problem in your right ear. If you are in the place or if you are listening online, the mercy of God touch you, release you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. If you'd like to give, this is a great opportunity to do so. Open your heart to God and give cheerfully in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. God is faithful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're faithful. You're working it out. You're working it out. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Your mercy is working. Thank you, Lord. The word is working. It does not return void. It's producing right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. More than enough for every good work. Your power is working in our lives. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you thanks. Oh, we give you thanks. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. If you'd like to um, pray with us, you're welcome to the front. Meantime, you are blessed. In Jesus' name, amen.